Say with me, give me Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to do something this morning. You may, I, I, I hesitate to use the words, you may get upset with me, but I hope that you will work with me and do this this morning. I'm going to be speaking to you on the subject today, wow, Jesus is in the house, and He is here, by the way. Give me Jesus. I want you to stand all over the room, just for a second. Everyone just stand all over the room. There's someone here today that maybe you haven't spoken to in a while, maybe... uh, Various reasons, and I'm not trying to say, you know, that we're having estrangement and all of that. But perhaps you have not been able to speak to this person in a pretty good while. And maybe there's someone here today that you don't really know. And maybe you'd like to get to know them. I'm going to ask you to do something for me today. And it's going to make you uneasy. It's going to take you out of your comfort zone. Because you've been doing this for a long, long, long time. And probably you'll continue to do it after today. (laughs) This probably won't change. And it may change a few. But I would like for you right now to look around in this room. And see someone. I'd rather for men to be with men and ladies to be ladies okay men I'd like for you to look around and if there's some men in this room that maybe you don't know as well as you would maybe like to I want you to go to them and I want you to sit beside of them during the rest of this worship service and I want the ladies to do the same thing you know what this means You may have to change sides of the building. You may have to change from front to the back. In fact, I want to get the choir involved in this. And why don't you all, do you all need to be, I mean, seriously, I I don't mind you being up here, but this would be good if you could be a part of it as well. And go to someone, listen, they may fall out, they may be shocked, but I want you to do that. Find that person in the building and go stand with them right now. I'd like for all of us to do that, if you would. You're going to, I know this is dividing up families, and we're not here to divide up families, okay? We're here for a reason. We're here to worship God. We're here today to praise God, to see Jesus.
Brother, right here, so someone wants you to sit with them, right, right across over there. I want you to do something real quickly. I want you to find out about something about each other that you don't know. Tell each other something about. Have you already done that? Something that you didn't know about each other. Just share that. Let's come back together. Let's come back together. And how do you feel now? Do you feel real awkward? Probably yes. But do you feel excited right now? Have you found out about someone else? Maybe that, you know, you didn't know about this person. How does it feel to sit somewhere else in the building? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. I, I, listen, I, I, that's what I'm asking, the truth. And I hope that it does make us feel a sense of uncomfortableness. I hope that, that we do feel a bit of that. But you know what you're able to do right now? You're able to sit beside of someone, perhaps, that's been sitting at that spot, and you're getting to know and to feel just a bit about how they feel at that spot. But yet, maybe you found out about someone, something that you didn't know. Or you may be sitting beside of someone that this is the first time that you've had the opportunity of really being able to learn and to worship beside of each other. I want to encourage you to do something. Because I want to tell you something. When we have guests that comes into the room with us, they look around. And they don't want to sit down just anywhere because they're afraid that they're going to sit in your seat. They're afraid that they'll be taking someone's seat. And guess what? There have been people, and I have pastored at least one church years ago, a very good church but and pretty large, very large church, similar to this one, that if you would go to that church and, and you better be sure that you found where you could see it. I mean, you could. Uh, they would ask literally people to get up and leave, even guests. They would say, would you get up and, and either go to another seat or go home? That's my seat. I have sat there for how I many ever years? I mean, and with them, it had been all their life, basically. And that's okay. I'm not here to criticize where you're sitting, okay? I'm not here to break that and downplay that to you. But I am here to encourage you when you come to worship, to worship Jesus, worship God, and to get together with each other and fellowship and learn about each other and, and, and know something about each other and rejoice together as we come together. 
and come in the room enthusiastic and excited. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Say that with me. Wow, Jesus is here. Amen. Amen. All right, in your Bible, and I'm not going to keep us here all day today, but in your Bible, in the book of Luke, chapter 2, Jesus is beginning his earthly ministry. And he's beginning to show up at various places and do various deeds. And of course, uh, some of those deeds are getting him in trouble. And so because of that, he has to go out and hide from the people or else they are going to bombard him so that he's not going to be able to do the primary reason that he came to this earth, and that was to seek and to save those who are lost. The greatest thing of all the things that we do is preaching the Word of God. And I have heard that in some of our singing today, uh, well, actually all of our singing today and music, that we have preached the Word of God thus far as we have sing together, sang together, and also as we have prayed together, and we have worshiped together, we see God here today. So, the Bible says, and again he entered Capernaum after some days, as it was heard that he was in the house. And I want you to keep that in mind just a moment, as he was in the house, Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door, and he preached the word to them. Then they came, then they came to him bringing the paralytic who uh, was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where, it was, where he was. And when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes uh, were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, uh, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk. And that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he rose up, took his bed, went out of the presence of them all, so that they all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. I'll put Beaver translation. We have never seen anything like this in our whole life. We have never, it is strange to us. We have not seen such power. Father, take the reading of your word today. May it speak to us. May it talk to our hearts. And may we, Father, uh, learn, but also may we be motivated to worship you uh, more than all the days of our life and the rest of our life. Thank you, Father, for uh, being able to sit beside of someone that I have not sat beside of in church, 
uh, perhaps even before, or maybe it's been a while, I feel even uncomfortable a bit, but yet I also feel comfortable. I feel, Lord, I feel more connected to the people that I have now come to worship with. So thank you for hearing me. In Jesus' name, amen. A man goes to a doctor, and he's not really sure what is going on, but he's not feeling too well. And the doctor examines him like a good doctor does and leaves the room and he comes back out with three different bottles of pills. One green, one blue, and one red. And so he tells the man, he takes the green bottle of pills and he hands it to him and he says, take three of these every morning and drink the largest glass of water that you can possibly drink. Then he hands him a blue pill and he says, then take these at lunch and drink as big a glass of water as you can hold. And then he goes to him and he says, take the red pills now and drink at your supper or your evening mealtime and drink as big a glass of water as you can hold. The startled man, as he looked back at the doctor and he says, Wow, doc, exactly what's my problem? And the doctor uh, looks, with him, uh, looks at him and uh, shares with him. And he says, Well, the biggest thing is you have not been drinking enough water. Well, you know, we've heard of uh, sugar pills and some of the other things that doctors give us and that we think, in fact, they do help us because it does something to our mind and it does something for who we are. Maybe it could be that that's part of, the, uh, part of what we get anyway in the natural world. But that's different in the spiritual realm, isn't it? That's spiritual with God. And the Bible says that Jesus began his earthly ministry in his hometown. And he was healing and, and helping individuals. And he healed a man that had leprosy in chapter 1. And the Bible says that when he got the man healed, he said to him, Please don't tell anyone. That may sound strange to you today, and that may have sound strange to this man. You would think that anything that Jesus would do, you ought to go and tell. But Jesus said, please do not tell anyone. Just go back home, and actually you go to the temple, and there go through all the rituals that you're supposed to do to, of healing, and see your priest and whatever. Well, Jesus leaves and the man leaves as well but before he leaves he tells everyone he shouts it to the tops of his voice he tells everyone he grabs them and tells them I had leprosy and now I'm healed let me tell you about a man that did that and so the crowds begin to start storming to the presence of Jesus to be healed as well Nothing about being saved at this point, but to be healed. They were, they, they have, they, they're sick. They want someone to heal and to take care of them. And so Jesus has to leave 
And he goes out to a place and he starts praying. The disciples then go out searching for him and find him out there praying. Why are you out here, Lord? Why are you out here by yourself? And Jesus said, in essence, I'm out here to pray and to hear directions from my Father. And that I may be able to continue to do and be able to finish what I have come here. And that was to die on a cross and then be able to give life to, to eternal life to individuals. Die on the cross to be buried and, and rise victorious with life. And he said, that is my message. And so they go back into Capernaum. This is the place that Jesus perhaps has headquarters. And there is a good possibility that Peter's house is that. In fact, I told you to look at that verse in verse 2, and I'm not trying to make a big deal out of this, but it seems that, that it may be Peter's house that they're in. And it seems to be that that may have been where they were the day before, because when you look at he was in the house, it was basically when you try to break all of that down into Greek and, and bring it all the way up to the English to today, it is describing the house, a primary house, not just a house out there, but the house that perhaps he was talking about in chapter 1, which was Peter's house where his mother-in-law was healed on the day before. Now, Jesus is there preaching today, and he's telling them the good news, and he's healing folk, and there's, the crowd is just pushing in. And, and there's no place. They were standing outside around the doors and the windows everywhere. They, they could not get to even close to Jesus. Kind of like if you have ever been to a Billy Graham crusade. Uh, most of the time you were not able to get as close as you would like to him to hear him preach. Uh, but you, you heard him, but you would want to see him up close. So... Along comes a group of people, in fact four, carrying a man on a pallet. And they want to get to Jesus too. And so when they get there, as they look around, can you imagine everyone standing in the way? No one allowing them, excuse me, or back up and say, could I come? Almost like, you know, coming into the church building, uh, could we sit beside of you? Or could we, you know, do you mind me sitting here? Or perhaps we would say to someone, you know, the building's full. and We'd love to see it full, wouldn't we, every service. But that's not the primary reason that we're here. We're here to worship God. We're here to worship Jesus that is here. And then when we worship Him that is here, we go out and share that. We go out and, and let that run over in our lives as we go out. And there's some reasons for that. And, and perhaps maybe you don't even have to use your mouth as much as you would like to in sharing all of that, but it runs over in your life and people seize that and they see mine as we go outside of worship. You see, when we have been with Jesus... People recognize that, and, and you can't hide that. There's no way that you can hide ever being with Jesus. 
I want to tell you something that's always a blessing to me. When the Lord always comes into a service and he just tears it all to pieces. He just, don't you? I love to be in a service where, where it seems like heaven comes down and glory fills our soul and just moves our hearts and our lives and no one is able to explain except that it is God that is moving among us. And that's what was happening in that house. So finally these guys decided that they're determined. They're going to get nothing's going to keep them. This crowd is not going to stop them. And so they went up on top of the house to shorten the story. You know the story as well as I. And they began to start removing tiles. And as they moved those tiles, they began to be able to see down into that room where Jesus was. And some has the idea that perhaps these guys got it big enough, the four got it big enough that they could either stand it down. I don't know exactly how they did that, but getting it down into the presence of Jesus, right in the presence of Jesus, where Jesus is and where Jesus could See him and touch him and make him whole. You see, these guys had faith. They believed if they could get him to Jesus, he would be made whole. If they could just get him to Jesus, he could be made whole. He could be made whole. Just get him to Jesus. When Jesus is in the house, things happen, don't they? When we hear Jesus and we see Jesus... And we find in these verses that he does something and he wants to do it in our lives and in the life of Teresa continually as he's in the house. And I want to tell you again, I want to say I sense Jesus in this house today. He does want to come into the house. He wants to come into your house. He wants to fill the house when he comes. He doesn't want to be just a guest. He wants to fill the house. And when he does, I want to tell you that, as I suggested earlier today, he cannot be hid. There's no way that we can hide his presence when he comes into the house. And I don't want to hide it either to you. Those coming into the house may, as these guys did, find difficulties. And we may do the same as we come to the house of God. You may have faced some difficulties on your way to church today. I don't know what they are, but I want to tell you something. Just by you being here today, you won through and over those difficulties to get to the place to worship. You see, it wasn't just that Jesus is here. He was with you as you came into this house as well. Because you see, we're on the other side of this. We're on the other side of the resurrection. And we have him living in our hearts and in our lives. You see, we may have, as maybe these guys could have been afraid of maybe some new methods, and we may be afraid at Theresa of new methods also to get people to Jesus. We need to be open to new methods. As far as I know, this is the only story that's in Jesus's. A ministry that this method was used. It doesn't mean that the same method has to be used every time. But we have to be open to new methods in our 
coming to Jesus in in our worship. If we're not careful, we can get stale in what we expect all the time. I can get stale in what I expect all the time. And in fact, if I'm not careful, when the change happens, like it has happened this morning, it causes various thoughts to go through my mind. It causes me to be uneasy. It causes me to be uh, just a bit afraid. It causes me... To, to, again, be afraid of maybe a new method that is happening. But for us to please God, in these years that we're living, we have to be open to new methods as we bring people to Jesus. Now, Jesus has not changed. Salvation has not changed. The Word of God has not changed. It's the same, and we must present it that way. Now, the way we present that may change. The way we share that may change. But we're, we're still presenting the same truth. We're presenting the same truth that has been presented for years. Here, you see, these people are going to be, are going to be very critical. They're going to be critical of Jesus healing this man. And they're going to be a critical of him forgiving this man's sins. And they're even accusing him of being a devil. And if you'll read further, even on chapter 3, you'll find that he says, if the devil is divided against itself, then his house cannot stand. He must agree with himself. He, ha- he cannot divide against himself. So you see, we have to be open to whatever God is preparing for us. Now I want to tell you something. You're looking into the future. You're you're living in the present. But you're looking into the future for what God wants and where He expects you to walk in the days to come. And you must be open. You must be open to some of those new methods that will help to reach people in worship, and all the other things that we do. Because you see, I have seen that. I have lived long enough that I have seen the cycle. Most of you have seen that as well. There has been a cycle in all of my ministry, in all of my Christian life, in watching how we go through various things and, and we try various things. Some things fail and we have to say, you know what? It failed. And because it failed, I have to try again. I have to come back and regroup and, and do something else. So we have to uh, not be afraid of new methods as these men were not afraid. Some may not come unless they're brought. This man couldn't come, could he? I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't come. He, he was paralyzed. He, he, could, he had to have some help. But he wasn't ashamed, I can tell you that. You know that. He wasn't ashamed to come. And he was helped. Jesus is available to anyone in need. And that's what the message is about as well. If he's in the house, he's available to us. I want to tell you something. Jesus is in the house. And when he is in the house, we can love better. You, would you agree with that? When Jesus is with us, we can love better. These people loved Jesus because they, they saw that He was real and He was authentic. 
He was doing something that was real. And they could put their fingers on it. These people always wanted to be around something and someone that was real. And I do too, don't you? So, if we're around Jesus, and I know we are today, we can love better. Not only that, but we can forgive better. Because we have that love in us, and we're able to forgive better. And we can be in one accord, as been suggested today through the children's worship this morning. Thank you, Tracy. What a powerful message. Jesus, is when he's in the house, he'll save those who are lost without him, if we will allow him to do that. When Jesus comes among us, listen, good things will happen, greater than what we would ever dream of. When Jesus is with us, we do not have to use gimmicks or those high-powered things to draw people. He is real. His presence, as I suggested a moment ago, cannot be hid. The doors are wide open and Jesus holds them open to us. And in fact, guess what? You may, you may see something and it may happen among us like we have never seen before. In fact, the Bible says here in the last verses, we've never seen anything like this before. I love that, don't you? We've never seen anything like that before. The healing of this man reveals to us that there was a man who was in need. The story helps us to understand that he was blessed with good friends. The story suggests to us that he was forgiven of his sins and Jesus said, go and sin no more. The only sin that we know that he was talking about was that he was born a sinner. We too are like perhaps this paralyzed man with needs only Jesus can fulfill today. I wonder who among us needs forgiveness like only Jesus can forgive among us. With friends of faith that are sitting around us today that are praying and want to be a help. Those are things that you pull from this story today. Remember, faith is developed. Faith that is a thing that God moves through our heart with and it brings hope and hope keeps us going even when things are hard and scary. Where we see hope, we see God. Where we see God, we see hope again. Hope leads us to the world and it causes us to be a world changer. Now let me ask you this morning, where has God began to work on the roof of moving the tiles that we may be able to get to Jesus today? Have we seen the tiles move back in our lives? Are we looking into the face of Jesus this morning? Where is my need today? Where has Jesus talked to my, my mind and my heart today? Is he in my house? What has he said about this congregation as a whole and the church as a whole at Theresa? Where do we need him to show up the greatest? Will we be willing to teach and let him teach us and lead us 
into different and unusual directions and be willing to follow him all the way. Where has he spoken to us? I'm going to ask those to lead the music to come, those that play to come. And I want us to stand today and I want to ask you that question again. As you're standing, what has he said to us individually today? What tiles are then moved back for us individually so that we can get to Jesus? What do we need today? Are we willing to go with him as we sing? Thank you again.